Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explain Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my fellow Green Man, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Green Arrow Rebirth. This week is our final book club of 2023 and is also our season four finale it is wild to think about how we have gone through the rebirth era essentially for both the flash and green arrow and we now find ourselves at the end of the year we started at the beginning of this year with grant morrison's batman gmo carried us through the first third of the year and then we've spent the rest of the time in i guess modern comics from 2016 onward uh with barry allen but also with <laughs> Wally west and oliver queen and dinah lance and all those married people and now this week we are going to be wrapping things up with the 100 page spectacular of green arrow the 80th anniversary special but of course i am not alone alongside me is the only man who i would trust to tell eight different stories well i guess more than eight stories uh, alongside me uh to celebrate 80 years and a hundred page super spectacular it's malcolm russell nelson that's 12 stories for you chum I fucking love it. Uh, this is again like our our last our last book club of the year. It's our last episode of the year. It's a moment um, of reflection. It is a moment of reflection. As we're yeah. looking back at the moment of reflection, Malcolm, uh, out of the three series that we've covered, which would you say is your favorite? Uh, Gmo. It's always Gmo. Yeah, it's it, it's hard not to be Gmo. It's always Gmo for me. It, uh, it, but I will say, Greeno Rebirth, a close second. Pretty freaking good. A solid second. Pretty freaking good. It doesn't hurt that it's less time, so it's less time for it to be misses. That's true. And I think that's a lesson that, you know, going back, Flash Rebirth could learn from. But yeah, it, 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 it doesn't help. It doesn't help that Flash was the longest thing we covered this this year. It's crazy that that was the longest thing. That yeah. that's longer than Gmo's run. That's Absolutely. actually insane to me. It's wild. But I I I have to agree with you. Gmo's Batman was pretty freaking incredible, especially because I I hadn't read most of it. Right. And so getting to experience that with you and Jacob was really really good. Plus, I mean, had all three of us together. Not that I don't love this time with true. the two of us patrolling Seattle. No, but, hey, um, this is very nice and intimate. But we roll in threes. We roll we roll in threes, and hopefully. Uh, Jacob will make his way back from his his boating accident. I think he's I think he's okay. I still think he's alive. I I don't know, man. It's it's been five years. We've we we haven't heard from him. You know, listen, we'll the 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 brown gambit went down years ago. Like that doesn't sound good. That's it not doesn't. A good time. It really doesn't. It definitely sounds like a poop maneuver. <laughs> Oh man, it's a really bad It sounds like now I got the Browns gambit. It's it sounds like when you're on the toilet and you get a really important phone call, and so you're tra <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to answer this phone Dude, and not let people so know. That you're <laughs> <laughs> that's 
That's when he sent the text. Be like, I will, I will call you back in two minutes. No, no, the brown gambit because you have to stay on the phone because they're calling. Oh my you. god, I can't do that. I you can't have to that. stay on the phone. I can't. I have never done that. I can't That's do that. The brown I can't gambit. be on the phone while I'm on the toilet. That's, That's the weird. brown gambit. Because I know um, my butt's gonna take the opportunity to be like, oh, he's on the phone. Let's make the most heinous noises possible. <laughs> My butt is out to get me. No way. Uh, so before we dive into this, though, um, are you reading or watching anything, my friend? Uh, yeah, I'm finishing up uh, the last of Avengers Academy right nice. now. Nice. Love it. Uh, finishing that up. Um, and as far as watching, I watched the first episode i haven't watched the second one yet the first episode of the new disney plus uh percy jackson and the something Ooh, of the something how is um, it which was uh fun like it was fun it was good uh you know looks pretty good um i like that they're actually kids that's nice that is, uh, isn't it nice to just have kids being kids yeah it's kind of cool you know uh it's weird seeing all the press stuff uh, in real time and see, oh, these kids have already aged. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never understand drug, why they don't do this. Uh, <laughs> that's awkward. Um, yep. but yeah, uh, which is going to be Lance Reddick's last uh, performance. Oh, uh, so very uh, saddened to do that. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I've just been watching a bunch of movies. I'm trying to get like all my movies watched before the end of the year. That is uh, fair. Watching Poor Things Tonight. Very excited. Hey, I've heard good things. Very excited. Horny Frankenstein. Let's go. Boop, boop. What about you? Um, I I have been rereading through the entirety of Firepower. In oh, yeah. For, uh, for next week, where I have to rip the Band-Aid off and say goodbye to the Johnson family. Um, yeah. I haven't read the last uh, since it came back. Cause I've been, Whoa. cause I've been, I, are, I had a feeling, I had a feeling when it came back some late, I was like, Some, comics, something's going to happen here. And then they announced that it was going to end. And I was like, Oh my God, I made the right yeah, choice. I'm still, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I am excited. I might have but, to do just a full read through. Yeah, I am. I am pretty fucking excited. It's going to be great. Um, and our episode on it drops next week alongside Brad and Lisa. Okay, that was announced. Counseling. Okay. Yeah, I, I announced it on Wednesday. I thought you had I, I couldn't remember. I announced it on Wednesday. Okay, good. But I'm going to be closing it out with two of the coolest cats in comics. So hey, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. But I've been doing that. And also, I, I posted this on Twitter. It is the weirdest fucking thing. Uh, we released our Klaus episode, Klaus Part 2 with Dallas mm -hmm. from the Comics Collective. Yeah. Um, and I got my gigantic hardcover of Klaus the same day that the episode dropped. Whoa! Fucking crazy. Got the sounds like it version. was meant it's to be incredible. Sounds it like is it was meant incredible. to be. Um, so yeah, that's basically what I've been reading. Do you um, do you have a holiday recommendation for, for those who are inclined to uh, to enjoy some kind of video or TV or uh, reading um, for the holiday? Um. You know, I would say honestly, and it, it's not just because I'm rewatching it right now. Uh, Hawkeye is a great little holiday rewatch. It's fun. Six episodes. You don't have to commit a lot of time to it. It's um, a new tradition for us now. It's same. It's like I, I've been we, doing it myself. And then this year I watched it, it with Quinn and she was like, OK, every year we'll watch this. I'm like, Hell yeah. yeah. Sammy is the same way. Like she forgot how fun it was. Yeah, um, it's super fun. 
it's it's just a great little rewatch. Uh, also, I mean, a different Klaus, uh, the animated Klaus movie on Netflix. It makes me cry every year. It's, Still have not watched that. You should. You should. Is it it's based incredible. on the comic? No. Okay. Okay. It's entirely different, and I believe okay. Jason Schwartzman plays the main character, who is not Santa Claus. Oh, I'm going okay. to keep you in suspense on who plays Santa Claus, because you are going to love it. Um, Interesting. Go watch it. Go watch it. Okay. It's, it, it's a good time. It's on Netflix. I cry every time. It's an incredible movie. Okay. Um, for comics, I mean, yeah, Klaus, the comic, is wonderful. Um. And then in my tradition every year is I watch Comfort and Joy, the the Justice League animated series episode. Ah, good that's, shit. That's my Christmas tradition. Very nice. I watch it every single Christmas. And it Very always nice. What about Hell you? Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, Hawkeye, as of now, uh, officially. Um, I, I Listen, I'll be honest. I used to be a diehard person uh, every that's holiday. Fair. But uh, then it became a thing, and now I'm less inclined to do it. <laughs> You're such a fucking hipster, man. <laughs> it became such a thing, and it sucks. Like, I did it before; it was cool. Now it's yeah, cool. I and did. I hate it. I love Die Hard. Even as a kid, the movie rules. <laughs> um, I don't really have any like specific, uh, you know, like revisits during the holiday. If anything, yeah. I'll throw on like a Doctor Who like holiday special. That's uh, fair. You know those those always those always hit. Those those always hit. Um, I won't be doing that this year though, because I'm gonna be rewatching the new one all the time, baby. I am really excited. We haven't had a Christmas special since I think 2019. It's been a while. It's so, been a while. I'm very excited. The, for those of you who are shouting at me right now, the New Year specials do not count. They, they are, are not Christmas they specials. Are, they are New Year specials. They, they, I. What was the reason for the change there? Like, why was that? Why was that just in the Chimble era that they just did New Year specials instead? Just another reason to make it different and another reason that people are going to look at it to be like, oh, it's not a real Doctor Who. It's so weird. You know what's a bummer is like, those seasons are pretty good. Like, they have some bad episodes in there, but those seasons are pretty good. My favorite episode was the Rosa Parks episode. Stop! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God! God, it's crazy how that episode is so bad. And then the partition episode is one of the best episodes of Doctor Who I think it's I've incredible. ever seen. Incredible. Like, I think that's easily a top 10 episode. It's and it's so insane that that's the same season, like maybe two episodes after one of the worst episodes I've ever seen. And by the same showrunner who did Broadchurch. It's crazy like, to me. It's like, crazy. I don't get it. I don't get it. But you know what? Jodie Whittaker is going to forever be an underrated doctor. And I think yeah, in a few years' time, underrated. people are going to look back more fondly on her time there. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I think she got really fucked over by COVID. She did 100%. Like, really fucked over by COVID. Yeah. Um, which is a total bummer. It is. It is. Also gave us one of the top, maybe top three companions, Graham. He's easily top five for me. Graham is, Graham is maybe top three for me. It's kind of amazing. Graham fulfilled all the things that I wanted from like a Wilf. Yes. As like yes, a he's young companion. Wilf. <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious to say. Yeah. It's a funny thing Graham. to say. Exactly. But yeah. 
absolutely top five companion for me. I wish yeah. he had on just him or for longer. Yeah. But I understand why he wasn't narratively. Um, yeah, so I guess we should talk about some Green Arrow, huh? Let's do it. Let's shoot them bows one Let's last time. Let's do this. Our final, final episode of Green Arrow Rebirth. Uh, we've got 12 stories to talk about. We're not going to be going beat by beat as we usually do, um, just because it's a lot. It's a lot of story, um, and I like some of them more than others. I think as a whole, yeah, they're all fucking great, which you yeah. don't always get in these anniversary issues. But yeah, I, I mean, some of them are just fucking incredible. Um, so the first issue or the first story is the disappearing bandits written by mariko tamaki Woo! fucking love mariko tamaki hell uh, yeah arts by javier rodriguez who i also hell yeah start off with a banger this is a 1960s banger yes this is pure 60s silver age nonsense this is green arrow 66 this is green arrow 66 this is this is this is my pilot for Green yeah. Arrow 66. This is this is like the short that you have to introduce. The proof of concept? Like, yeah, this is the proof of concept. Like, this is the 15-minute short that you do. That that Ryan Reynolds leaks to yeah. force the studio into <laughs> yeah. making the full project. Yeah, ex- Looking exactly. at this, this does look very Gosling when they're looking over the table. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you did you see the, the I'm Just Ken Holiday Edition video? The what? Oh yeah, it came out yesterday. It's a it's a recording of I'm just Ken, uh, but it's like a holiday edition specifically. Uh, it's it's really good. It's like a five minute video, but just the energy he has in that video is just very Oliver Queen wanting to sing Dinah a song. I can't fucking wait. And it's it is Eric. It's very good. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> I watched that whole that video as soon as we're done here, thinking about it the whole time. It's like. Yeah, he really would be good for Oliver Queen. <laughs> like, oh, he's so fucking perfect. And like his hair is a little blondish right now. It's like a little like dirty yeah, blonde from, right now. From, and I'm like, from the yeah. dying from the dye jobs. Yeah. I'm like, still really excited perfect. to see um his The Fall Guy. The Fall Guy. Yeah. Yeah, it looks super fun. It looks like what the gray man should have been, which is fun. <laughs> uh so we see it's basically like an old school again. 66 style story with uh speedy and green arrow chasing after the disappearing bandit especially just li- listen to this narration okay listen to this once again we return to the crime fighting quests of green arrow and speedy as this incomparable crime fighting duo faces a new menace one with the ability to disappear without a trace who is this mysterious figure will green arrow and speedy be able to stop star city's latest threat the disappearing bandit like that come on why do i hear the clone wars theme when you or the Legend of Korra theme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but seriously, like, this is perfect for that. Yeah. This is my proof of concept for Green Arrow 66. Yeah. Uh, but we see that they are chasing after this bandit who, like the name suggests, keeps dis- keeps disappearing. We also keeps see at one point that this disappearing bandit robs old man Charlie Brown, which is really Uh-huh. Uh, we also see, again, that old school Green Arrow was just Batman again. The arrow uh, car. He's got his God. arrow car. He's got the arrow signal, which the is arrow signal I, is so good. 
I think the idea of that, if they make it an arrow like shooting into the sky, like with an Rules. arc, Rules. sounds fucking incredible. That's incredible. That's so cool. Um, so they chase after the bandit. They can't find him. We also get this sick panel of just all of the trick arrows. Oh, yeah. I mean. Including the mass hysteria arrow. Mass hysteria arrow. <laughs> Which uh, has a very suspicious look to it. I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to say, you know, they made it for their pleasure. Uh, it is absolutely ribbed. <laughs> um, they continue to find, you know, find the bandit before he disappears. But then we find out it's camouflage paint. Love Invisible it. paint has allowed the bandit to get away time and time again. He steals one of the arrows and hopes to sell it to the black market, uh, including it looks like the big man, like literally just Steve Ditko's the big man. Like, I want to know what this is. I want this story. Yeah, right. Of these people. The That's woman the overarching with the gray, story. Like the big man, the other woman with the eye patch. I want it badly. Um. But they find out that uh, the bandit has disappeared, uh, hoping to sell the uh, the arrow to this uh, trio of mooks. However, Oliver took a uh, took a page from the disappearing bandit's book and painted the arrow with the invisible paint, so that when they open the box, it's invisible, and they beat the shit out of the disappearing bandit. Love it. And the the whole story ends with the wink. It's like now that is a useful trick. Thank you, Roy. Wink. Why is Roy so muscly? What is this? This kid looks like Kid Hercules. Like it's crazy. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> he might be Kid Hercules. So yeah, great, great start. Great fun way to start the whole thing off. Fun way uh, to start. Then we get punching evil. Okay. Written by Tom Taylor, art by Nicholas Scott. Uh, this might be my favorite story. <laughs> it might be my favorite story. I, There's one that rivals it, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> but I love this story. I uh, love it's, again, this. A younger Green Arrow story, but it features my boy, Ted Grant, Wildcat. Goddamn right. A real American hero. Teaching him to box in his boxing gym. We see uh, Green Arrow's like, oh, I don't know if this is worth my time. And then we see Batman in full Batman gear. I love it. Just like, I'll see you next week, Ted. And he's like, all right, fuck. All right, let's do this. I love I love Green Arrow being like, hey, Batman, it's good to see you again. He's like, of course it is, Green Arrow. How's the Arrow, Arrow car? car? And the Arrow cave. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, right, well, that was unnecessarily snide. <laughs> like, we need what the hell was that to write a Green Arrow book ASAP. This, God, like, no disrespect I, to Williamson, who's crushing it right now. Uh, but, but I we wish need... that Tommy T was writing a Green Arrow book. Same. Uh, we see Black Canary show up. My oh god. my god nicholas scott draws a fantastic black canary yeah uh nicholas uh, scott draws a fantastic wildcat I, a fantastic I don't want to just everybody they draw yeah. fantastic everybody this is also very like justin hartley green arrow yes 100%. which i really appreciate i do appreciate that um yeah ted grant's basically just trying to teach ollie the the value of being able to fight up close and not just with one gimmick mm -hmm. 
And so that is when they are beset upon by the Yellow Wasp, which is a hilarious villain. Love that design. It's Oof. so cool. And he immediately shoots Ted Grant dead. Right, shoots him fucking head. headshot and then kicks the shit out of Oliver and then runs away. But Ollie takes uh, Ted Grant's fallen boxing glove, sticks an arrow into it, and is the first use of the boxing glove. Arrow, of the boxing glove arrow. I love which it. Knocks yellow wasp out incredible absolutely <laughs> unreal and then ted comes to and it's like wow your first knockout in the ring nice he's like what what the hell <laughs> how are you alive you got shot in the head <laughs> and he's like i got nine lives well i guess i'm down to six now which begs the question what the fuck happened to the other two mm. i fucking love ted grant i love ted grant i God, I really miss that character. Uh, and he hands him I back the boxing around, glove arrow, and and Ollie's like, "Hey, you mind if I keep that?" And Ted goes, "It's yours. May you punch a lot of evil from twenty feet away." I fucking I love, love that panel too of like all the trick arrows behind him, like in yeah. his brain. Yep, incredible. Um, next up, we have "Who Watches the Watchtower," written by Stephanie Phillips, with art by Chris Mooneyham. This was uh, cool. This was this very was 70s cool. Green Arrow. This is a Bronze Age uh, Green Arrow story. He's in the Justice League. This is during a very specific time in the Justice League's history, which we will not be talking about because we do not have the time to get into the identity crisis of it all. What? But, what do you mean? Come on. Hey. You know, we do not hey, have time. Uh, but we see that they're going off into space to deal with a threat. Uh, Ollie is stuck on the Watchtower. However, that is when all these goopy weird looking aliens show up they are terrifying to look at yeah they uh it's like mindless ones but like sexy mindless ones because they're not really big and thick. why are they sexy malcolm um i mean what that hole do i don't know that's their eye what that i do uh, so Green Arrow is a one-man army against all these alien invaders, including this gigantic little uh, Dr. Octopus-looking machine. Octo, yeah. Octo it's a machine. spider slayer. It and is kind of a spider slayer, yeah. Ollie is able to defeat the spider slayer, is able to take out the rest of the alien threat by himself. Mm -hmm. And so everyone shows back up after their mission. They're like, oh, that was so cool. We had such a cool thing that happened and they see oliver's just sitting back relaxing chillaxing all cool around um, like a completely damaged watchtower interior yeah, like everything's like, got like scorch marks and shit like yeah it always just like i don't know it's been pretty quiet here you guys do anything exciting mooneyham draws such a great green arrow yeah especially like a great like 70s green arrow, green arrow. Yeah. It, yeah it's it looks perfect uh, next up, we have a story, just the usual sort of stuff, written and illustrated by Mike Grell. Yeah, and this is, some, this fits perfectly into Grell's run. Yes, like, this is a got very Grell's Hunter story. energy here. Oh yeah, um, this is when they've got the Sherwood florist shop still, maybe the greatest mm -hmm. thing that Green Arrow has ever done. An incredible joke. Uh, and speaking of greatest things that have ever done Green Arrow, Black Canary is. Uh, just the best this is also yeah. her wig era yeah uh, which this is, is a very specific era. point in time we see uh longbow hunter ollie teaming up with shadow which complicated but they're yeah. going after this speaking of complicated that's really this whole story 
Um, Longbow Hunters, for those of you who aren't aware, was a dark period for Oliver Queen and for Green Arrow Comics. Very dark dark as in like it sucked, but dark as in like really heavy subject matter. This is when they decided dark and gritty was the way to go for Green Arrow. And so this is also during the time where he just straight up fucking killed people. He's like, fuck trick arrows. You have failed this city and I'm going to kill all of you. This is definitely uh, what they wanted the show to be. Yes, 100%. And so him and Shadow are able to dispatch these guys and rescue the cargo, which ended up being people. So they go off into the sunset and we get the next story, which is entitled uh, The Uh, Arrow and the Song. This is written by Rob V after uh, Longfellow with art by Christopher Mitten. I like this issue or this story. Um, I thought it was okay. I've talked about on the podcast how I just don't get Rom V. Like, and yeah, I realize neither. that that's a problem with me. Um, but a lot of times his stuff just kind of goes into my goes over my head. Um, yeah, same. This is the most I, palatable is the wrong term because that sounds like you know, like I don't think his stuff is palatable. It just doesn't do anything for me. But this yeah. is the most like I get his stuff. You know, for sure. Uh, we this is basically just kind of a a nice overarching pun intended uh, look yeah. at Green Arrow's life where he lets the arrow loose. We see it flying throughout the story and then it lands on himself, but with a, with it being like a suction cup arrow because um, who is this child? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, like, I want to random... assume it's Leon, but like also not. But it doesn't because it, it's implied. It's not. That it's, it's implied that it's Oliver and Dinah's kid. Yeah, maybe? so it's it's almost like it's their like adopted child? child or something. I I don't know. I have no idea who this kid is. Either way, it's just like a a. It's essentially like a life story, uh, story. Yeah. For for Dinah and Ollie, that's um, a good really way nice. It. That's pretty much just what it is. We then get lessons in friendship with Oliver Queen, which is really fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's good. It's like, hey, readers, Ollie Queen here. That's right, me, the affable Emerald Archer himself, Green Arrow. I hope you're having fun during my 80th birthday shindig, but it wouldn't be an Ollie Queen party if I didn't impart some invaluable wisdom to you. Everyone knows you can't have a party without friends, and everybody knows I've got more friends than I know what to do with. How do I find myself with so many chums? Well, it's time to take you behind the quiver and share some of my patented Green Arrow tips for being a great friend. And it just shows a bunch of different moments of Green Arrow being the shittiest friend you've ever seen. I mean, it's... Own up to your shortcomings. <laughs> and it's that panel from the Rebirth room where he's telling Superman, like, can we just skip to the part where I used to be an asshole? Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, There's when someone unexpected arrives at your party, act like you invited them, find a polite way to get your friend's attention. If it ain't your house, don't rough house. Leave the party while everyone is still having fun. It's Which so might silly. be my favorite because it's like Green Arrow waking up from something. He's like, "Hey, God, buddy, what's <laughs> happening? Go back and to Batman sleep, just, Arrow. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't had time to explain this to you now. <laughs> I want to know what book that's from. It's so funny. <laughs> just shut the fuck up, Arrow. 
Um, there's also remain level-headed when discussing others' political beliefs, which is maybe my favorite because he's like <laughs> that one's really good. He's talking to all. He's talking to Arthur Curry, Aquaman during the '90s, and he's like, "Would you quit your babbling, you five fathom fascist?" <laughs> which reminds me, when the hell are you gonna allow for some democratic elections down there? Kings went out of style with religious persecution in this country, a country you're a de facto part of because water surrounds most of our borders. Hell yeah incredible uh remember thank that sometimes you, kevin smith for that incredible so remember that sometimes you disagree the most with people you uh have things in common with which is him directly <laughs> reacting to his own writer <laughs> it's amazing um sometimes the greatest gift you can give someone is listening him and uh dinah i believe right before they got uh... married yeah, this is this is the marriage special one. Yeah. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? I'm marrying a piece of shit like you, so I must be out of my fucking mind. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, my favorite is know the difference between a, an acquaintance and a friend. It's oh, him yeah. and Batman, where he goes, I never said I was perfect. And Batman says, no one has. And I just <laughs> think that is the sickest fucking burn I've ever read in a comic. <laughs> Uh, you know who wrote that one? That's a Judd Winnick, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, it makes a lot of sense. It sure does. It's right up there with like the Mad Men line where he gets in, where Don Draper gets into the elevator with, um, uh, fuck. Oh, with Angel's Kid. With, yeah, with, with, uh, with, with Campbell. And he's like, Campbell looks at me and he's like, I pity you. And Don Draper just goes, I don't think about you at all. Oof. Like Oof. the sickest fucking burns. Um, there's touch base with yourself throughout the night. Listen to your instincts. And then if you bump into someone, apologize. Remember, we all are <laughs> sharing space with each other as Aquaman is backhanding the shit out of him. <laughs> Open hand, backhand too. Fucking that's the move. We then cut to the story one. Written by Brandon Thomas, art by Jorge Corona. This is the Connor Hawk story. And if there's been one character missing from the Rebirth era, it's yeah. Connor fucking Hawk. This was the first time that Connor came back in any kind of modern context. And I mean, even this isn't it even wasn't like a modern context a modern story. Context, yeah. yeah, this is this takes place during his run on Green Arrow after all he died, but. This is the first time that DC acknowledged Connor Hawk as a character since, since the, the new, new 52. 52. <laughs> uh, but Star City, it's basically, you know, Malcolm mentioned Die Hard earlier. It's Die Hard. It's Die Just Hard. with the best trick arrow, the bounce back arrow. The bounce back. I fucking love this arrow. It's, it's pretty it's fun. Incredible. It's, it's a boomerang arrow, essentially. It's a boomerang arrow. It, yeah, it always comes back, comes back to you. Which is why this is one of my favorite stories. I love how Jorge Corona draws it always coming back to like the yep. bounce off effect. Mm. It constantly has that like multi-circle thing. Of yeah, it, like, the spinning back. Away. Yeah, that's cool. And that one page spread of you just seeing it flying all over the room as he is taking out this entire room. Sick. Of fucking incredible. So sick. Um, but yeah, he neutralizes everybody and he shows why he's the real Green Arrow during mm -hmm. that period. And then we come to Green Man and Autumn Sun. 
which might be my favorite story. I love this. Out of the whole book. This was the close second for me. Yeah. Um, this is a Roy Harper story. What else? If it's my mm-hmm. favorite. Um, mm-hmm. He is on the phone with Leon because uh, Ollie is babysitting Leon, though it doesn't show you immediately that it's Ollie. Um, and Leon won't go to sleep. So she, so they call Roy while he's on a stakeout, and she wants him to tell him the story of Green Man and Autumn Sun. And I love the the Native American language that they use in this. Yes, uh, Leon and Roy have that knowledge of that language, and so they share that with each other. And I fucking love it. Yeah. I think it's incredible. I, uh, I it's, love it. It's a story of Roy Harper mm-hmm. uh, telling his backstory, his original backstory, not his new 52 backstory yep. or his rebirth. The backstory. like proper backstory. Um, him meeting Oliver, leaving his reservation, the arrow, the old school arrow car. Hell yeah. Um, him learning to be speedy, him being part of a, uh, of an, of a community, but also feeling alone. We see uh, Ollie leaving with Hal to go on their hard traveling heroes. Um, I love that. That's when Ollie like interjects in the story too. My favorite part is just like <laughs> uh, alone in the city of stars. Autumn sun was as sad as a forest with no deer at night. He counted the stars outside his window window in the language of the people so that he would never forget. And he found other ways to comfort himself, dangerous ways that, though maybe meant to wound Green Man, in the end wounded no one but himself. And Leon just goes, he took drugs. <laughs> I was like, he, he told you that? He's like, well, He's like, daddy tells me everything. Like, <laughs> fucking incredible. Leon is the best. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that kid, man. And... Oliver's like, I don't know if he tells you everything. And then Roy's like, sorry, I got busy here. Missed that last bit. He missed the part of her just saying that he took drugs. I think it's incredible. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's okay. Uh, I, I mean, just again, using the language of, you know, language of their culture, uh, referring to Ali as Shanali Ali, yes. which is really cool. And um, also, hell of a rhyme, which I think is uh, the best of part rhyme. of any nickname. Hell any of a rhyme. But I love it. She's like, oh, I was just telling Chanel Ali about the uh, trust talk. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get maybe my favorite part of it, where Roy says, well, when Green Man came home and saw what Autumn Sun had done, he was very angry. And Leon interjects, scared. And they both go, what? Leon says, Green Man pretended to be angry so Autumn Sun wouldn't see he was scared. The emotional maturity of this kid is one of the reasons I fucking miss her all the time. Yeah. Obviously, she has been aged up and she's still around, especially in the current stuff. Especially in the current run. She's a very different character. Sometimes kids just need to be fucking kids. Yeah. And I know this is a fucking revelation, especially for DC Comics, but sometimes kids just need to be fucking kids without being aged up. Yeah. Um, but we get the story of Roy's recovery, him getting help. I love the panel of him getting help with the Titans. 
Yeah. Because you forget this shit happened when they were kids. Right. And so they, you know, Leon says, and they all lived happily ever after having finished her drawing of her and her dad and her basically granddad. And I just, I love this story. I absolutely love this story. And the end of it features a blurb from Devin Grayson, which I think is incredibly important. That's my favorite part. It reads, Roy Harper's childhood was spent living amongst Navajo people, and the story portrays the impact of his Navajo family on him. The long, grand tradition of storytelling within the Navajo Nation is an enduring tradition, and DC encourages readers to seek out authentic Navajo voices and resources from the Navajo Nation to learn more. Only by being compassionate, listening, even when the experiences of others are uncomfortable, and continuing to challenge our understanding of how storytellers affect one another, can any of us hope to make a meaningful, positive impact on the world we all share? That's the whole game, gang. I, I love that story. I, that is an A-plus short story. Incredible. A-plus. Uh, also with, get... like, the second best Arsenal costume. You know what? I'll give you that. Because like, the second best. best for sure. It's only no, second best because it no, doesn't have a trucker no, hat. No, 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 ah, no, 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 no. Look of no, a no. trucker hat. I didn't even realize what I was doing. No. No. Yeah, no. walked right into it. No. I absolutely agree with you, Malcolm. Mm, no. Uh, next up is Star City Star by Phil Hester. Woo! Uh, this Goodness. is just Green Arrow being fucking great. Um, him going through a warehouse full of baddies, including an appearance from Anamanapia. Whoa. Who, by the way, was utilized almost to perfection in Superman and Lois. I still haven't gotten to that. You need to watch. It's on I, no. the max. It's on I am, Hobo. I am purposefully not caught up yet. Purposefully. Because I know that once season. I get caught up, it's going to be really hard for me to wait until the last season. So I'm waiting until that's like announced, like when that's happening. So that way I, I have like a, you know. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, um, Automobia is, is a wonderful choice for a Superman villain and how they use this character in that show expertly done. I can't wait for you to see it. Cool. Um, but then Oliver defeats Onomatopoeia and faces off with Count Vertigo. He's then confronted by Green Lantern as well as uh, Black Canary, Roy and Connor. And then finally with Mia and Mia is another character that I need to see more of. Uh... Did you see? Maybe I did. Maybe I did. I'm pretty happy. Maybe. I love I love Mia Dearden. I think, I she's, think she's incredible. She is one of the best like DC characters that's super underserved. And she's one um, of the characters that is such a she's such a time in a bottle character because she reflects perfectly what was going on at the time. Yes. Yes. But in that, having her be part of modern stories, I think, is just as compelling. Yes. I wish she was a part of more. Agreed. And maybe um, but, that'll come in the future. But we see that this was all an illusion from this little girl named Star who was afraid. Uh, Oliver is able to reach her on a uh, on a personal, more fundamental level, not unlike the uh, the JLU um, uh -huh. story, yeah. which I really fucking loved. 
Yeah, it is very similar to that, which I like. So that one is really, really good. Uh, next up we get, and I'm just going to be honest here, a Black Canary story that happens to have Green Arrow in it. You got damn uh, right. This is Happy Anniversary, written by Vita Ayala with art by Laura Braga. Oh, so great, good looking. What a great team. What really. a great team. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of great teams, Oliver Queen and Dinah Lance are having a little bit of marital trouble. It's their anniversary, but they get in a little argument. Oliver heads downstairs and Dinah finds a note. Hey, meet me outside. There's a surprise for you. Dinah walks out and sees Oliver getting thrown in a van as the van drives <laughs> off. It's so funny. Especially just the panel of him just being yeeted into the just back of yeeted. a van. Yeeted. Like the, um, the kidnapper is like holding his leg and like and just, just throwing him, him in. Him. <laughs> <laughs> and Dinah just goes. Oh, he staged a kidnapping for me. So sweet. How thoughtful. And so she gets to this where she follows this this van, gets to the warehouse. There's an explosion where she's like, okay, you're selling this a little hard. But then Deathstroke shows up. The mortal enemy of Black Canary. And Ollie just goes, wait, you think I staged this? No, I was going to take you to the fucking Kung Fu Marathon. <laughs> Fuck. Because this whole thing has been about how Ollie doesn't listen to her. And this shows that he, in fact, was listening to her. Yeah. Um, and so Dinah fucking kicks Deathstroke's ass. That two-page spread is Incredible. fucking art. We need more Laura Braga. We, I, God, I love Laura Braga so much. I, every time she shows up on something, I'm just like, hell yeah. Yeah, uh, always nice to see her. Currently doing the Batman Santa Claus book, I believe. I believe, I think you're right. I think, I you're think right. that's some Laura Braga there. I haven't gotten caught up hell on yeah. that, but I need to. Um, also, the Superior Destro costume. That classic fucking Destro costume just hits. It, so it does hit. I do love the, the cap scale mail. Yeah. I do enjoy that a lot. Yeah. I just, um, I miss the big gloves and the pirate boots and the pirate boots. Yeah. Like, I just miss that character looking like how Deathstroke used to look. That's fair. I, <laughs> I do like his, his rebirth costume because it alluded to this. I, I, yeah, I, I do love that rebirth. I think I it's a good figure. modern update of this. <laughs> I bought that action figure because it's sick. It's sick as fuck. That's a good costume. Um, Dinah is able to free Ollie and the two of them lay the smackdown on Slade. Slade, however, is able to get away thanks to a smoke bomb in his left boot. Love that. Uh, however. Tricky bitch. They figure. Clever girl. Uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, we, you know, the thing that's going down that we were supposed to be taken away from doesn't go down until 3 a.m. It's midnight. If we, you know, if we hurry up, we can track Slade and take this guy down. And Dinah's like wait, how are we going to track him? And he's like, well, I put a tracking device in his right shoe. I love that so much. <laughs> and the, the the physical language of that panel, of him, like, offering his phone with the offering tracking the tracking, yeah. Like, handing it over, like, is so good. <laughs> and they hop on the motorcycle, and they head off into the night. I fucking love Great that story. Great story. We then come back to the Rebirth era. With a story by uh, Benjamin Percy and Otto Schmidt entitled The Sympathy of the Woods. 
where it is straight up just an Oliver versus Malcolm Merlin story. Yeah. Oliver's having some, you know, some weird, I'm just going to say, I'm having some weird depression. Yeah. Um, and Malcolm Merlin is working through some stuff as well. Uh, so Dinah sends Ollie into the woods to get some air to kind of decompress. Uh, Team Arrow is there. We've got Henry. We've got Diggle. We've got Emiko. And they're like, we're a team. We need to act like a team. Whereas Malcolm Merlin is like, oh, I'm going to fucking hunt him on my own by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows that they are stronger than Merlin because they are stronger together. I do love the the line because Green Arrow isn't one man. We're a family. We're a forest. We're, we're quiver. a quiver. Ah! I do. I do love that. Like, I mean, Percy. We've been we've been we've been kissing him on the cheek this whole yeah. run. Like he he just he's just a great writer. That's good writing. Absolutely. And I do love this last, you know, full page spread with the team. Yeah. Really nice. Uh we then get a cut back to the New 52 era with the last Green Arrow story written by Jeff Lemire with art by Andrea Sorrentino. Kind of squaring that circle for their era of Green Arrow. Yeah. We see an old man hop off a yacht onto an island. This old man is Oliver Queen. Uh, the, I love that the yacht is named the Dinah. Really yeah, nice. I do love that. That's cool. Um, his assistant is sent away and he's like, if I fucking see you, I'm going to kill you. And you can tell that this is an older Ollie. He's 80 years old, probably. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, actually, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you must be right. And so we see him going into the woods, into the forest of this island. And he's there to hunt somebody. Somebody has something of his. The last and he one. makes his way through the forest and finds this person. Uh, is able to track them down until he can't because he's old he burns his bow for a fire and then he is confronted by this hooded person who ends up being a young oliver queen who asks and i'm going to avoid this because they use a very specific word during the story that i refuse to utter this whole story is centered around a very specific, a very specific geometric shape, and I refuse to talk about it. What are you talking about? What what word? Stop. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe this is mistake. Hang on, I'm just rereading it real quick. He says, "Maybe this was a mistake. Maybe Rogers is still out there, disobeying orders and waiting for me to pick up and bring me home. What did I think I was doing out here all alone? But that's just it, isn't it? I'm not alone." Of course, it's a circle. Fuck you. And fuck this story. <laughs> I've been going in a circle all along. I hate it. I Good hate shit. it. Good shit. They, ha- they had to come back for the last session of the year. Yeah. They had to, they had to do this. Of course, you have to close it out it. because it's a stop. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> stop it. Say it. Say it! A circle. <laughs> um, we see young Oliver hand old Oliver this glowing green arrow, and then old Oliver burns. 
and young Oliver heads off into the woods. I will be honest with you, I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's trippy. It's very Jeff Lemire. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's just about, you know, these characters never die. Like it's it's that's the, a good point. the never ending cycle. That's yeah. that's really what it is. It's just a it's just a narrative about narrative. It's very much that's the all. uh the 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 Batman protocol in the Snyder. Realm. Yes. It's it is exactly that. I think it's handled a little more gracefully. <laughs> a little bit. Uh we then, but then get we get all these stupendous a, chili recipe. I gotta make this. I kind of wanna make this as well. I gotta I gotta have this chili. Also, it's been a while since I've worked at a restaurant that uses oyster crackers. I kind of miss it. Uh, I don't know what an oyster cracker is, dog. Oh, my God. You lived on the East Coast and you never had oyster crackers? Not, I, Go to your local was... market right now and get some oyster crackers. They will change your fucking life. Okay. Oyster crackers. They will change your fucking life. Right. Um, But, yeah, I do like this recipe a lot, actually. Yeah, okay. I probably might go a little less on the heat, but I do like it. Give me that heat. I love seeing how sweat he's sweating so bad right there. He oh, is done. Boy. I love I love Jean. He's like fire. It tastes like fire. Oh, this is weakness. This is fire, of course. And and Aquaman is water. Give me water. I need water. <laughs> Uh, what's really funny is that because this is this is from like an old issue. This is yeah. from like the '90s or something. It's interesting to see that this is a uh, Patrick Gleason art. Yeah, isn't that fucking wild? Because boy, he's gotten a lot better. He has changed a lot. <laughs> boy, he's evolved real hard, hasn't he? Just um, and then we get the final story. Yeah. Tap tap tap. Well, you get you get the the voice I, I, of the I, people. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get okay. to that. I'll, I'll get to that at the end. Okay. Okay. Um. Or I guess we can do it now. Um. The voice of the people is kind of like an op-ed on the person who really defined Green Arrow as a character. Denny O'Neill says there wouldn't be a Green Arrow 80th anniversary if not for the contributions to the character made by writer-editor Denny O'Neill in the late 60s and early 70s. Denny did what is essential in keeping all of these superhero characters alive. He gave Green Arrow a part of his personal spirit. Specifically, he imbued Green Arrow with his own voice, the voice of a brash, political, progressive, and charming man desperately trying to do good, the voice of a man who looked himself in the mirror one day and said, I need to do more for the world. And in order to make that happen, I need to be more than the sum of my parts. Uh, the great gift, that great gift turned Oliver Queen from a DC regular into an icon. This reinvention laid the foundation for O'Neill's groundbreaking work on both Batman and The Question, where he would continue to redefine how superhero stories are done. Denny's son, Larry O'Neill, has given DC readers another gift, an intimate story showing us the life his father led. Once you read it, you will see that we saved the best superhero story for last. And then we get Tap, Tap, Tap. Uh, it's written by Larry O'Neill. Art by Jorge Fornes. Mm -hmm. Colors by David Stewart. <clears throat> and we get the life story of Denny O'Neill. Inspired by pulp stories like The Lone Ranger. Superhero stories like the birth of Superman in action comics. His time serving the U.S. military. 
and being inspired by pulp action heroes in the noir genre. Following his service, he began his career as a comic writer, also inspired by the contemporaries of the time. He worked hard trying to perfect his craft in an ever-changing American culture. As the 60s made their way through that culture, Denny continued to be influenced by them. And in the late 60s, he got his hands on Oliver Queen. He turned that character from a Batman ripoff into the quintessential social justice warrior, winning Best Issue in 1971 and continuing his groundbreaking work into his work on Batman, which would go down as one of the greatest periods of that character's comic book history. But he also struggled dealing with addiction, dealing with an ever-changing love life, an ever-changing culture. As we develop, as we change, as times change, we do too. But Denny continued to be an incredible writer, an incredible person, an incredible father. And as he continued to age, he began to influence characters like The Question, again, redefining what a character could mean in DC Comics and in comic books in general. As the awards racked up, as the acknowledgement and the prestige continued to layer on top of Denny's already illustrious career, he got to watch as superheroes went from a niche specialized hobby into the gigantic pop culture giant that it is today. And as he closed out his life, he was, at least in this artist's interpretation, surrounded by everyone that he influenced. And in the final page, we see that the idea that brought him to the dance, the love of fiction, the love of storytelling, the love of heroes, continues to live long past any creator that participates in them. The only box of dialogue, the only box of actual writing in this entire story is a caption box that says goodnight pops as Denny O'Neill is surrounded by all of his creations and the characters that he changed forever. Enough said. What else do you say? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I think of, you know, we, we're in an era where we get this kind of story a lot now. Yeah. Because a lot of these giants and these legends from comics have been passing on. Uh, and I think that this is the best of them. Yeah. I think this is the best one that I've read. Uh, uh, the Neil Adams one is a really close second. I, I really love the Neil Adams one. And it's very yes, similar. 100%. The, with all the characters that like 
you know, he he touched like saying something about him, yeah. like in each panel, and then you see this long line of people of waiting people to like try to get him. his autograph. And everything. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, I I I love that story. It's a very close second for me, but I I think the emotion of this one just truly hits. I think honestly, the storytelling here is so impressive. Um, yeah, telling so I much mean, with so little dialogue. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely got the right artist for it. Jorge Fornes yeah, is holy just fuck. an absolute master at that. Uh, again, crazy to think that, like, maybe two years before this, he's he's just, you know, drawing on the internet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it, it's crazy. He, he's an absolute master. Um, but, yeah, this, this story is so perfect. And it's interesting, too, because I feel like, you know, speaking of Jorge Fornes' work, I think, and this is from never of having met the man. Um, I think he would have really liked Danger Street. Yeah, I think he would have gotten a hoot out of it, man. That that Fornes did with Tom King this year. If you if you haven't, I understand. It's it seems very dense, but Danger Street is a wicked fun read. Now that it's done, um, done. I'm very excited to go and read through all of it. Yeah, once once the collection comes out, which is going to take fucking forever. Yeah. Um, Thanks, DC. Go. I it makes me so mad because I really wanted to to get a volume of I want I wanted to get the volume of Spirit World for a friend for Christmas. Well, um, you it doesn't come, Christmas it doesn't come out in April. Nope. Like, <laughs> yep. The story wrapped up at least a month ago. Yep. Oh, I don't remember what it was. It was some some collection was just solicited for a story that literally ended last December. Like, I was like, are you serious? Like, Ridiculous. you're just doing this now? <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, with, with looking back on like 80 years of Green Arrow, you had to end it with this. You had you to had end to, it with yeah. the writer, the creator that had, I think to this day, the biggest imprint on the character. Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously, like we mentioned, he worked on seminal runs for Batman in the Question and had his own mm -hmm. stamp. A lot of the shit that I love about Batman is there because of O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. And so getting this tribute to him, showing his life and not shying away from his struggles. No, I... The, being honest. The, the panel that gets me every time I read this story is the one of him at the computer with the with the balloon of uh batman and talia and the heart broken in half yeah because it's clearly after he's like split with his partner and it, it's it breaks my heart every time yeah and you see kind of like his room in disarray yeah um his his bouts with alcoholism the panel of him at the aa meeting is incredible um him finding new love later in life it's just like yeah like i don't think that it is possible to encompass all of what someone can be in a single comic book story but god damn did they try yeah and they did about as well as you can in this story. Um, it closes out, obviously, with Dennis O'Neill, 1939 to 2020. Um, the, the comic book industry would be lesser if he had not had a 
a serious hand on it. Mm-hmm. And he did. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's not a whole lot else to say. No. A great way to close out this issue. Absolutely agree. Um, but that does it for the, for the 80th anniversary issue. Um, what a wonderful story. Yeah. Just an incredible anthology collection of incredible snapshots with creators that love and adore the character. I think it's the best of them. Like, it, again, we've had a lot of these in the last yes. years as well. Boy, have um, we. And I think between this one and the Robin one, those are the two best ones. The Robin one was fucking good. That's true. The Robin 80. I have the poster up for that in our room right now. Uh, of course you do. <laughs> for Robin 80th anniversary. You son of a bitch. I hate you so that, much. It ruled. Um, but yeah, I think those are the two best ones, like easily. Uh, this this is a fantastic issue. And I think, honestly, a great way to close out the, the season. Yeah. Like when we were setting up the uh, the the schedule. I floated this as an idea to close out the whole thing. And I'm really happy that we decided to do that. It's a great idea. Not just because it was my idea and I like being right and having my ideas, but. Whoa. Well, I mean, it comes very, very not often for you. So, you know, but I, but I, (laughs) I, I really loved this and I'm glad that we got to finish off the year with something that is a love letter to this character. But yeah, that's going to wrap up this. That's going to wrap up our season four. That's going to wrap up our coverage. Um, I'm going to ask you a different question because we talked about our favorite parts of this book. What was your favorite part of the Green Arrow run? It's Ollie and Dinah. Yeah. It's Ollie and Dinah. I mean, they're they're very close to being my favorite relationship in comics. They're a top Um, five for me. And they're not they're They're so... They're so real and genuine and honest and i think they're they're the only couple in comics that actually go through like real life shit yeah you know um 100%. real life like difficulty of keeping a relationship stable yeah um but it's two people who are so eternally in the same orbit like they are they are meant to and i love that this this run begins with them just automatically being drawn together they, they don't realize lie. back together, but they're yeah. just automatically drawn together. Like the universe wants them to be together. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they can't handle that yeah. at any given time. And I, I love that so much. I think it's, it's so real and so earnest and so genuine. Um, yeah. So the Dinah and Ollie together again for the first time, for the last time, for all time. That's always, that's my favorite. <laughs> but yeah i i uh i have to agree but i also um even though it wasn't always handled as perfectly as would have as i would have liked roy yeah um this is a big reclamation of roy big from the new 52 stuff um and i really loved seeing him just grow and change uh be involved even though i would have liked for him to be more involved the uh the heroes in crisis of it all made that a little difficult but he's just he's one of my favorite characters and I'm i think it almost works part of this i think it almost works even better that he's less involved because you really feel that like 
that pain he, that Ali has towards the end of like, here. I yeah. like he should have been here. I yeah. should have been there for him. You yeah. really feel because you feel his absence in the whole run. Absolutely. Um, especially after he like pops in and they decide like, hey, we're going to team up. And then he disappears again. Like you really feel that absence. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it and does parallel, goes, you know, those times when, you know, you see a friend, you're like, yeah, let's go hang out. Yeah. And then, you know, weeks or months go by. Yeah. I, I think it's I I think that's also very genuine and real. I think their relationship is so genuine. Yeah. You know, it's that's a real life relationship. Absolutely agree. Um also just a shout to fucking Juan Ferreira's art. Oh what holy a moly. Master class. Holy moly. In comic I mean book art. Every single yeah. panel, every single issue. Just uh, Rise of Star City is maybe still my favorite volume out of the whole bunch. Fucking rules, man. Holy fuck, it is fucking it good. Rules. Oh, fuck, is it good. Um, yeah, I I love that volume. But any any final thoughts on Green Arrow before we move on into the mailbag? I love this run. Listeners, if you like this run, I please implore you to go back and read uh the 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 previous oh i guess there's a couple series before green arrow run starting with the kevin smith stuff yes. when he brings him back to life then going into brad Meltzer's uh very quick archer's quest the best green arrow story ever written oh um, hot take it, it is not a hot take that is that <laughs> is the best green arrow story ever written um and then going right into the judd winnick run which is uh immense um it i i love this character he's one of my favorite comic characters uh, and i hope that you enjoyed this run and i hope you enjoyed listening to us do this uh and if you want more that's where you go uh trust me you will not be disappointed upset though i will also say um also go support the current green arrow book they just announced this week <gasps> that it is now an ongoing it is no we longer did it many. we, we did, did it joe specifically we did it the i think we us. did it i think we did it talking about green arrow every week getting people hyped we um, are so back we are so i want you to tell everybody that we're back up <laughs> it's a terrible interself impression but i that was good no i like I I, I I i i love that he's got a book again it's been too long yeah um not since this rebirth era has he had a book yeah so it's been a while and i'm glad to see that he's doing stuff um and there's more to come which is really exciting yeah very happy but with all that we've got some emails to read which means malcolm what time is it with all the emails we must read it must be mail time for all the emails we will answer, it is the mail time. That was fucking beautiful. Thanks. Off I, the cuff. I, I can't explain to you <laughs> how magical it is to watch Malcolm just work. Just watching him do shit off the cuff is the, the, my the great second of thought life. beforehand. <laughs> it, it's the briefest, just like, huh? and then uh, he just makes yeah. magic every time. <laughs> it's Too I kind. know that Too it's going to be magic because there's that look of confusion, that recognizable look of confusion, <laughs> and then it's just brilliance. I'm, I'm like, exactly, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute, let him cook. Let him cook. 
But it is time for the mailbag. Um, if you would like to be part of the Geek Explained Book Club mailbag, send your emails to geekexplained at gmail.com. Uh, this whole back half of the season, we've been having people put something with quiver in the subject header, though we will be explaining why that is no longer the case in a second. Oh! But, um, put stuff in the subject header and we will read them on the Friday show. Our first email, and we are going to have to go through these, but we're going to try and get through them all in their entirety. Yeah, I'm sorry. Comes yeah. from good brother Jacob Goodhart. Goodhart. Who writes, Dear Geek Explained Podcast, I should have known you guys were going to end the year with a banger. I love issues like this that just celebrate characters and their history, pulling in great artists and writers together to make small ones to make small ones hot stories. I don't know what he's saying there. Honestly, if Marvel or DC just made like an annual book that celebrated one of their characters like this every year, I think it'd be a hit. I like that idea, but also stuff like this makes it special. And I I don't know if they could pump out something as good as the Green Arrow one every single year. Here's the thing, though. I wish they did, and I wish that that was what they put in, like, Walmarts and shit. That's a good fucking point. As opposed to just random issues from runs. I wish that, like, they heavily marketed those kind of things and put them in, like, Safeways and shit like that. And those should be the annuals. Get those hell... And those should be the fucking annuals. That's what annuals used to be. Yeah. It's this kind of shit. Uh... He writes, the last one of these I saw was Amazing Finest, Amazing Final Fantasy. Amazing Fantasy <laughs> 1000. I got Final Fantasy on the brand, gang. Uh, which, while I yeah, love amazing. it, come on, why is there a 1000 in the title? Last issue was 15. And had, that, <laughs> and had some of what might be my favorite Dan Slott Spider-Man story in it. Also gave us Hickman yeah. and Chichetto, or Chichetto, yeah. uh, teaming up for the first time on Spidey. I also realized this week that when Hickman eventually finishes his Ultimate Spider-Man run, which hopefully won't be anytime soon, we'll have a place for a bunch of creators to do what they want with a character jmd matias could write ultimate spider-man and give us easily married spider-man stories again let's go oh jms could go back oh but emerald archer time it's a hard to pick a favorite out of these stories here but personally i love ben percy and tom taylor's stories the most in fact this made me want taylor to write green arrow next since he's apparently one of tom's favorite characters which is true uh though it does make me wonder about ted grant's powers because i get it cats have nine lives and all that but if like but if he like died of old age then does he get younger or does it just not take and he lives another 90 years that's a good question i can answer that actually you see if if he dies he goes through something that we call by generation which Stop, is you <laughs> motherfucker we're, we're all nine of the ted grants can live, <laughs> all nine uh, will live and tell their old stories and grow old what a fucking dumb idea what a fucking dumb idea i hate it it's stupid i think it was totally fine until he said all of them did it and i was like Ugh. it's a great idea until that and that should remain That's just his messy. head cannon. that should remain just his head cannon. yeah yeah, anyway. I think it will. Uh, or is it a Garth Ennis situation where he does, comes back for a second, dies again, then rinse and repeat until he's out, you know, because that's cynical realism and all. I don't mm. like that idea. Don't like that. Uh, I still haven't watched The Boys because I made the mistake of reading the comic first. It's like Civil War Two and Captain Marvel. It was a bad introduction. I'm sorry. Yeah, I get it. The Boys show is much better than the comic ever could be. The Boys show is pretty i hesitate to say great it's really good 
I think it's great. I think it's. I, I want to say great. It's difficult to say that because it's, it keeps getting co-opted by shitty people. But yeah, I think that might be why I hesitate to say great. But I do like. Um, I do like the fact that they are gonna. I believe they're ending it next season. Oh really? I think so. Right? Didn't they say that? Did they? I don't know. I didn't know that. That's wonderful. Maybe I'm cool. Maybe I'm good. Wrong. Either do that way, and then do the spinoffs. That's totally fine. Yeah. Jacob continues to write. Overall, this year was a really fun chapter of the book club, and not only reignited my love for Flash, but reminded me why I like Green Arrow so much as well. You guys always have this gift of looking at the bright side of stories, and it can make me look at them in a new light. I liked Ultimate Spider-Man growing up, but over time, I kind of resented it for making the Spider-Man as best as a teenager idea so popular. There were other things that irritated me as well, but going through it with you guys again really made me appreciate it. Still, that mind swap story Nick Lowe made Bendis write his dog shit, and we should never let him forget it. Nick Lowe is my ninth circle <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about i've completely forgotten about that story anyway let's move on <laughs> <laughs> and even with stuff i never really felt anything strong towards like morrison's batman your enthusiasm made me appreciate it i know you love that run but morrison stories make me feel like i'm taking a pop quiz i didn't study for and kind of expects you to just go along with it no i don't know who the hell zurnr is i wasn't alive in the 1950s and neither were you morrison <laughs> that's funny um, <laughs> and how did a whale give birth to a full-grown man i have no idea uh, man i just I, need I don't to want work to know man i just need to work on accepting stories of face value and not try and look for explanations that is also true uh so i can't wait to see what you guys do next year i'm not sure what to expect for all i know you guys could do the garth and his punisher max series we will not be doing that book we will never do that. We are not. <laughs> don't, doing worry. That don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Never. We'll do never that. be doing that book. We would uh, never do that. <laughs> or maybe just a year of Tom King stories. That could be interesting. Uh, or the Zadarsky Spider-Man collection, which I want that omnibus, but I already own all the books of which in one form or another. I think the only one I don't own is Spider's Shadow. Spider's uh, Shadow is good. I forgot that that's in there. That's nice. It is. It is. Good. Or who knows? Maybe you'll throw me off my game and do a My Hero Academia for a year when it finishes. That is it finishing next year? Is that official? Uh, we don't know. Is that sure. official? I'm not going to say. Because they keep saying it's uh, ending. And I'm like, mm, it's mm. he writes, please feel free to write these down. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, in other news, I see now why Alan Wake 2 was a game of the year contender and won best narrative. I don't know if you guys played the first one, but this whole thing is like Twin Peaks was written by Stephen King, but still directed by David Lynch. I was say playing less. through it and had to stop after reading a missable document that made me go, fuck me, who wrote who first? For my last question of the year. If you could write a book for any character right now in comics, who would it be? I've had a pitch idea for Toxin for years now. Remember him, the Spawn of Carnage? I know that he is a different host right now, and they're featured in the Al Ewing run of Venom, but I think there's a lot you could do with it. I'd personally make the new host a big Spider-Man fan, but never have them meet Peter and simply try and be a hero on the idea of Spider-Man, kind of like Blue Beetle with with Jaime and Ted at first. Okay. Biggest thing I do is have him out of New York since every spider hero lives there. At least Kane was smart enough to go to a different state. Also, I'd probably do a redesign of the spoilers anti-venom suit from the new game, but with red and dark blue slash black colors. I know people aren't sold on Miles' new suit in that game. Because they shouldn't be. Uh, but that anti-venom you're fine. <laughs> but that anti-venom suit is so good to me. What would you guys do? Happy holidays, Jacob Goodhart. Okay, what book would you write right now? If I could write a book right now, right now, I mean, obviously with it kicking up, I'd want to write ultimate Dr. Strange. Like we, yeah, we've been banding this fuck. about for years at this point. Oh, fuck. And I have that full pitch doc. I have it ready. 
I'm ready to go. That is the book that I would write. Um, otherwise, I'd want a, uh, I'd want to, I hesitate to say 12, but I, I'd want a maxi series on the Enforcers. I think just having, yeah, because we love those characters. And I think yeah, creators work best when they love the character that they're writing. For sure. Um, but yeah, Ultimate Doctor Strange, I have Fuck. it in the chamber. Yeah. Ready to go. You do have we, it kind of ready we, to go. We've That's been true. joking. We've been yeah. joking about my Pedro Pascal Doctor Strange for over a year now. Yeah. But I have it. You've it's, yeah, you've got it ready. It's ready Shit. to go. Though so I would also and I know you asked for one, but I'm giving you three. Uh, That's fine. I also have that that Roy with the dragon tattoo. Uh, Ugh, that year, that year so one. Ready. I think it's such a good idea. So ready for his, it. Yeah. His, his year one being his first year of sobriety. I think it's such a great fucking idea that no one. Yeah, done. that's a perfect idea. Again, TM, all of this. TM, 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 TM. Uh, Malcolm, what about you? Uh, I have a Ronin story that I've wanted to tell for oh, years. Fuck. Um, Which Ronin? You don't have to say, but. I'll say because I'm never I'm never gonna I'm never gonna get to do it. So you don't know that you don't know that I I do know it, especially with who the character is. Uh, It's not actually it's someone running around in a Ronin costume, but it's actually Eli Bradley. (gasps) Oh, fuck. TM, TM, TM. But like, yeah, fuck, dude. Yeah. But like, you don't get the story from Ronin's point of view. Like Ronin is the antagonist of the story. Um, the whole time uh and i guess it kind of i guess in a way plays out a little bit like uh like the the supreme power nighthawk stuff where like nighthawk was going after like racist it's pretty much just that um but yeah but it's a ronin so you're following this cop uh in this small town named tucson arizona uh who's you know investigating all these races being taken down and stuff uh by this mass vigilante known as ronin um, and it's trying to investigate who Ronan is. And at the end, you find out it's Eli Bradley. Um, Fuck, that's so good. Who, yeah, you know, there's reasons why Eli's doing it. But yeah, so either that or uh, if we're talking about a current Ultimate Universe or, you know, the new Ultimate Universe starting, yeah. uh, I would love to do a Sam Wilson book yes. from the Ultimate Universe uh, where Sam Wilson is uh, significantly older. It's like a man in like his 50s. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Like I would want him to be like older, older, like a man in his 50s uh, who, you know, is now kind of getting the hang of this new, you know, flight technology stuff, but also yeah. is, you know, a previous like, you know, law enforcement kind of guy and is taking matters into his own hands. I fucking love that, dude. Uh, I guess yeah. like a shaft type, like a modern day shaft. But again, but with wings. TM, 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 TM. Uh, Jacob writes, P.S. Eric, you are a man of culture. I, too, love Yu Hakusho and think it has the best tournament arc in all fiction. It does. It just does. Uh, I haven't seen the live-action series, but I saw the scene of him in Kuwabara in the first episode. My dude came in with a fucking dropkick for no reason. I love it. Yes. Did you watch I... the live-action yet? How was it? Uh, for that, you'll have to go to the Wednesday episode and listen. because Shit! I I secretly dropped it. I think by this point, people will probably have listened to the Wednesday episode, but I I did not advertise a weekly review for it. Yeah, I was going to say, you said that you weren't going to be doing a weekly review. Okay. I, secret, I, I dropped it secretly because I needed to talk about it. 
Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, Cause but... I have never seen Yu Yu Hakusho and I know that you love it. And I have another friend that loves it. And I was like, fuck, maybe I should start with the live action show. Like it looks kind of fun. We'll talk off mic about it. Okay. Um, interesting. Also, uh, Jacob Goodhart's subject line was empty quiver. Oh, wow. babe. Heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, Next, we have with 80 arrows in the quiver, Ben C. Delacruz. Hey, that's good. I like that. Who writes, Hello, Book Club Boys. Was not expecting you guys to cover the special as part of the season, but it is a welcome addition to the close out the year. Since I blazed through Superman, Batman, and watched both the movies based on that run, I spent the week reading through all of Super Sons, including Adventures of the Super Sons, Challenge of the Super Sons, and the Superman Robin special, and had a yeah! blast reading all of it. Also, watched the animated film, and now I'm considering doing a full read of Jeremy Adams' Flash just to get their guest appearance just for how fun that film was. Jeremy Adams' Flash is incredible. Jeremy Adams' Flash is incredible. It's it's truly excellent. Also, at the time of writing this, I'm waiting for the continuation of Eric and Dallas's conversation on Klaus for the Wednesday show that dropped this past Wednesday. Go listen to it. It's uh, not I know on if... iTunes. What? It's not an Apple podcast. I thought it was weird that like I didn't have an episode drop. <laughs> I was like, that's weird. Yeah, I just sidebar. Yeah. Oh, look into that. I don't know. I will look into that. Yeah, that is that is fucking weird. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I refresh the feed and everything. It is not yeah. there. Well, it's so. on Spotify and everywhere else. Or it should be. Well, fuck. fuck. What if it's Don't on? I feel stupid? No, it's definitely on Spotify. Anyway, either way. Um uh, I know for a fact that Eric will be feeling some heavy stuff near the end of the life and times of Joe Christmas. I don't know what that was because it wasn't in the volume that we covered. Um, oh. for my obscure Elseworld recommendation I'm continuing to stick with Marvel and recommend something that's kind of an Elseworld and that is Marvel 1985 the story yeah, follows story. a young boy in a small town named Toby Goodman what a fucking name who's a massive Marvel Comics fan who has to figure out how to save his town from an army of Marvel villains who've managed to enter the real world all while dealing with the drama between his divorced parents what? oh have you ever read 1985? no so he here's the thing about that book uh it's written by um but does also uh, tie into Marvel's, uh other stuff that he was writing at that time it takes place in the real world but it does tie in with fantastic four and uh what what's the other thing there's something else he was writing at that time but it, it ties in kind of nicely interesting it's good I uh, read it's basically really a classic 80s adventure film with Marvel characters, and it has plenty of great moments. Hope you guys have an amazing holiday season, and I'll see you guys in the new year. Best wishes, Ben. Ben, thanks for the wreck, and I I really appreciate you sending all the wrecks this season. Yeah, keep I really it up. appreciate that. Keep it up. Um, next up, we have All Quivered Up with Mullet Overlord. All Quivered Up. Hell yeah. Uh, who quivered writes Dear Emerald Enforcers. <laughs> Missed writing last week because of work stuff and just wanted to say I'm incredibly disappointed in my boy Jean and hope Booster and Beetle steal all of his Chacos. Okay. Hell yeah. I'm and really going to miss right reading along and listening to you's... Oh, I, I got to do this with the accent. I'm really going to miss reading along and listening to you's guys talk about Massachusetts' favorite son every week. It's definitely hey. been a great couple months and I'm excited to hear what the book club will be covering next. Also, I've caught up on the new ongoing GA book and I'm incredibly excited it's getting more issues even if it isn't the best ongoing an ongoing is a win i'm also very interested to see where the waller and roy stuff goes and i hope they dig into him working for her if indirectly back in the 80s slash 90s during his largely off panel cib slash checkmate career 
Yes. <laughs> Mostly off panel, which has yes. driven me crazy for years. Because <laughs> I would well, read that book. <laughs> we might see what happens next. Uh, I find that area of this character history endlessly fascinating and i'd love to see a writer dig into all the horrible things that writers like grayson and winnick imply he did for the government back then like i can't remember him and dick ever discussing the graveyards he filled for uncle sam so that leon could have health insurance and daycare tom king roy harper book <gasps> tom king roy harper book when okay here's here's what you do tom king jorge fornes roy and dick book Grayson Arsenal. Oh, fuck me. Spiral versus DEO and whatever, you know. And checkmate. And the two oh, of them are fuck. the ones who have to figure it out. And I mean, shit, if, if it was the two of them in Event Leviathan, you would fucking love Event Leviathan. I would fucking love Event Leviathan. You would love it. You would love it. <laughs> but it wasn't, so I don't. No, instead it's Batman and Lois Lane and Green Arrow, and it fucking rules. It fucking sucks. Anyway, rules, uh, Lord continues, what's a character with a largely unexplored section of their history you'd really like to learn more about? Oh, there are, there are quite a few, to be honest. Um, largely unexplained history huh. you know it's funny you know i i mentioned dr strange i think we don't have a lot of early dr strange stories where he's like learning to be like it usually has they've got the introductory issue where it's like and then he studied under the ancient one but like we never like explore that you want that more of like time. that strange miniseries that uh that mark wade did correct yeah like, I want more stuff like that. That's early days, him trying to figure shit out, which is largely what's going on in my fucking Ultimate Doctor Strange book. Yeah. Um, That's a good show. I like that. Uh, uh, Blue Marvel. Yes, 100%. Where the fuck has he been? Blue Marvel. <laughs> There's one backstory miniseries, and then otherwise he shows up in main continuity in, like, Mighty Avengers and has just been around since. Show me some shit with Blue Marble. <laughs> that is a great poll. That is an absolutely great poll. Um, uh, Spider Man. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what? Also, I talked about it. That year of sobriety for Roy. Yeah. You know his his journey yeah. for sobriety. Um, yeah. You know what? Gen genuinely, I mean, there there are a ton of characters. There are a ton of characters. I, ton. I would love to see, you know, with this new continuity, we talked about a little, I think either last week or the week before, but with the new continuity, how the JSA like fell apart and came back together would be really interesting. Yeah. Let's see. That would be good. Uh, they continue, the good Asian is an absolute juggernaut of a noir that kept me gripped from the jump. Yes, bitch. Uh, I was absolutely book? for, huh? It's the greatest speedster book? Yes, it, it truly. I just finished that episode finally. <laughs> seven hour episode, and I was really disappointed <laughs> to find that they didn't mention how Juggernaut is the fastest mutant. <laughs> at any point. Really bummed me. Out. I was really disappointed. I was like, "Oh, he's the fastest." Though with though with all of the talk of uh, Juggernaut and Black Tom, my new fan cast for Juggernaut and Black Tom Cassidy is Grant Gustin and Tom Cavanaugh uh whoa 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 listen i mean tom cavanaugh would crush it as black tom he would crush it as black tom uh 
you know, Alan Richardson wants to be Batman, but I think he'd be a great juggernaut. He would. He would. Because look For at that man mountain of a man. Jesus man Christ. Man mountain of a man. Ugh. Reacher's back. What a great fucking poster. It's so good. Uh, I was absolutely forced to read it in one sitting, and I'm hoping that we get more adventures with Edison. We will, which is really exciting. Uh, fingers crossed for the good Asian 1937. It was a great, it was a treat to hear Malcolm on the Wednesday show. You guys have such wonderful manic chemistry. Talking about last week. <laughs> uh, and I can't wait to listen to your episode on Klaus. It's an, see, I have to do the accent again. Uh, it was a treat to hear Malcolm on the Wednesday show. You guys have a have such wonderful manic chemistry, and I can't wait to listen to your episode on Klaus. It's an absolute favorite of mine that I revisit every year. Happy holidays and forces, and have a hope-filled new year. Sincerely, Mullet Overlord. Hey, go park your car, Mullet Overlord. They, they write, uh, sorry for any mistypes. Wrote this up at the chat between boards. Hey. Fucking, I love, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, next comes uh, One More Arrow in the Quiver, Pretty Bird, from Adam Stringfellow. Oh, my heart. Adam writes, what up, what up, Green Arrow and Red Arrow? Aw, I graduated. Aw. I graduated. Hey! <laughs> Mazel Thanks. Can't wait for uh, Prometheus. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> hope wait, is that an iPad in your hand? <laughs> wait, uh, do you line up Coke on an iPad? <laughs> uh... uh <laughs> I almost had us do Cry for Justice. No! Which would have been fucking incredible. If we did uh, Cry for Justice, that would be okay. But the rest of the shit tying into it, I refuse. <laughs> uh, hope y'all are doing well and off to a good week thus far. And hope that y'all will enjoy the holidays this year, even though all three of us have to work. Real quick, before I get into my question, I just wanted to say thank y'all for always reading my emails every week. Hearing the team discuss my questions and topics are one of the things I look forward to the most on Fridays. Also, and I hope this isn't too weird to say, but I'd like to think of y'all as like internet friends as well. If I'm even in the Arizona area, I'd absolutely love to hang out with y'all and talk superhero shit over drinks if y'all are game. Hey, hell yeah, brother. Hit us up, man. Hit us up. Hit me up. Bet. Uh, for my question this week, I wanted to ask the two of you this. Like what I alluded to in my email last week, what do you think of superheroes traditionally working so closely with law enforcement over the years? While I love Gordon, Montoya, Bullock, Stacy, Wolf, and Watanabe as essential cop characters, and I do love Brooklyn Nine-Nine, R.I.P. Andrew, Andrew Brower. Oh, I, I think know. it's Andre. Andre, Andre yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, that's, yeah, that's, that's... That hit me like a fucking truck, dude. That's fucked me up pretty bad this week, actually, I'll be honest. Yeah. That's really fucked me up. Uh, he continues, personally, I don't really trust cops. I'm a black gay man in America. Of course, I'm afraid. I'm terrified of the police. I know that both superheroes and law enforcement work hand in hand since they're more or less in the same profession, but I prefer superheroes are even more skeptical of cops than the average citizen is. For example, while I love Spider-Man PS4, I'm not really a fan of how willing Peter was to set up police scanners across the city. Kind of super Orwellian there did like that peter get felt guilty about it in the next game i did like that peter felt guilty about it in the next game though yes, yes. i love them instead of doubling down going no we realize that's really bad optics yeah yeah having the line where peter says we don't spy on people miles is yeah, yeah. that's that's a wonderful turnaround there yeah. yes uh, also, personally, I'd like for superheroes to work more closely with EMTs, firefighters, nurses, doctors, etc. You know, the folks that have to deal with the shit cops don't normally look over. Which is why Doctor Strange the Oath is the greatest Marvel comic. 
That's just my opinion on it, though. What do y'all think? Again, I do love Gordon, for example. Seriously, where the fuck is he these days? <laughs> uh, but I'd like for comics to address more of the systemic racism and corruption, but also the community good within law enforcement. Would love to hear y'all's opinions on this. Take care, team. Love you both. Happy holidays. And I look forward to hearing more from the next season of the book club in the new year. All the best and much more. Adam. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. We need to see more of them working with first responders. It's um, that's been a real big bugaboo for me for years. It's yeah. like I, I don't understand why that isn't the thing. Um, it makes me yearn for the days where Thor. I listeners uh, in the late '90s, Thor's alter ego was uh, uh, this guy who was like uh, Jake something. I don't remember his last name. But he was an EMT. Peralta. And I thought that, that was really cool. <laughs> Jake Peralta. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. Like, that's a really cool idea. I wish that, you know, these were definitely closer adventures with first responders and stuff. I think there's something uh, more realistic there as opposed to, you know, uh, America's fascination with law enforcement. Yeah, I agree. 100%. And our fetishization of law enforcement, if you will, as well. And the military as well. And awesome? the military. Hoo-ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Adam. We know you're active duty. But, uh, yeah, but but you do understand. But you do I, understand. I'm sure. Um, and because this is a Stringfellow joint, he did write a PS where he writes, Final hot take of the year. Ooh. Loki season two did absolutely fucking nothing for me. And to be honest, not a lot did in the MCU this year. Solid, bro. You That's know what? Fair. Respect that take. Super I respect, respect that, that take. take. I think I that love... last episode is really good, and I think the rest. I think was the last two meh. episodes are fucking incredible. The last two episodes are good. Yeah, the rest was very meh, and it did a lot to disservice all of the women from the show. Where sure I thought the first did. season was very female focused, yeah, and you know that's the highest highlight of the first season for me. Uh, second season was like, let's let all the boys do stuff. Yep. <laughs> B thirty seven. Nah, don't worry about her. <laughs> that's insane (laughs) and while we're not going to get into like the 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 majors kang the major problem uh the major problem um i do think that there is a a chance for them to pivot and just make it ravana but that is yeah that'd be great i think so too I feel like um, they're just going to leave that that storyline died on its way back to his home planet just entirely. Sure <laughs> they they tied it up with a bow at the end of Loki <laughs> season 2 just in case and I feel like they're just going to bank on that now. Yep, makes sense. Um next we have Doom to... baby. Uh, I don't think that I I think it's I I don't like just Doom straight <laughs> I don't like it. Anyway, he needs more time. I want more time. With no, I agree. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> You're right. Uh, next, we have a quiver emergency from Dylan Hall. Uh, uh, out of arrows. Not sure if this will make it in the episode this week. It did. Congratulations. Hey, Marvel. Uh Dylan in the hall. Uh, but I thought it was important to know that this week's Titans Beast World Tour Central City is easily the best part of the whole event so far and features the return of a character from the first two-thirds of this season's book club. Am I sad Jeremy Adams' run came to an end? Yes. Is the Flash still in good hands now? Yes. Is Jeremy Adams crushing it, especially in this week's Jay Garrick? Hell yes. Loved the terrific kids. Have a good Christmas, Dylan. Dylan, I'm going to have to take your word for it because I am not fucking reading Beast World. I am reading Beast World. It's pretty fun. I'm gonna be honest. I I was pretty critical of this beforehand. I thought Beast World looks stupid as hell, and it's pretty stupid, but it's a good time. It's very like classic comic book story. Uh, I'm, I'm it glad. feels a lot and, like like Empire. 
and I'll probably uh I'll probably trade weight it and That's read fair. it because because I have that DC Infinite right now you have that now. yeah so, so yeah you just have to wait like three months yeah um, I I did hear I, I, is it really one month holy if shit. you do the ultra plan. Holy it's gonna shit. it's gonna save me that's a lot incredible. of money it's gonna save that is gonna save money, you a lot of money in the long haul that's nice it shit maybe nice. i should do that fuck it's 100 um, bucks for a year that's not bad i, not I bad might i'm thinking about it it's worth it uh i did hear that there was a return of a character which makes me very happy do you know okay. who no okay 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 we'll, we'll talk about it we'll talk about it Okay. Um, next up, we have putting the quiver down with Abdullah Kathrada. Uh, breaking my heart all over. I know it's on. like endings are always so hard. Jesus. Um, Abdullah writes, hi, Eric and Malcolm. This anniversary issue was a great epilogue for the rebirth green arrow run, a flavor of green arrow stories from throughout his history with great art in every story. The real standouts for me were Javier Rodriguez, Nicholas Scott, and Jorge Fornes in a great tribute to Denny O'Neill. As we've reached the end of this chapter of the book club, I've really enjoyed reading through this run of Green Arrow with the two of you. As someone who started this without having read a run of Green Arrow before, oh, that's exciting. Uh, wow. This was a great one to go through as my first. For a while now, I've been thinking of reading through the Mike Grell run, and this might be the extra catalyst for actually starting on it. That's great. Do um, it. I think, like Malcolm said, the best way to go would be to start with uh, Kevin Smith's stuff and go through the Winnick stuff. Yeah, go through that um, the, 2000 through 2009 run. But the Grell stuff is also very good, if, like I said, a little dark. It's it's intense, but it it's good intense. comic books. Uh, before I get to my question, I've got to say something to Malcolm. He mentioned last week that he thought Event Leviathan was pretty good, and I just have to say that I strongly disagree. No! Yes! <laughs> I like Event Leviathan! It's not writes, the greatest, but I writes, like it. He writes, I've read it through twice and I don't like it either time. Or I didn't like it either time. I might have actually no. liked it less the second time. To no! <laughs> but everyone is entitled to their own opinion, even when it's wrong. It's okay, Malcolm. I forgive you. No! You killed me! No! No! <laughs> no! <laughs> I got that killed. was truly... Abdullah, you gave me the only Christmas present I would ever want. I got finally killed. see that bit come around on Malcolm. Oh, uh, uh, just like Tony, I didn't see it coming. Oh God. <laughs> Malcolm's gonna spend the next uh, however long in a in a technologically induced coma, and we're gonna who's have gonna data replace Malcolm. me? Who's gonna we're be the to... cool young sixteen year old who replaces me? <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't matter because it won't be for very long because you're gonna come right back. That's true. Yeah. At you fucking Marvel comics. Um, <laughs> Abdullah writes, I've got two questions this week. The first question is, what are some books that you've always been meaning to read or thought about reading, but just never got to? I've always been thinking about reading Watchmen, but I've just never gotten around to it. The furthest I've gotten is two pages in. There's a few others, including Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, Mark Waite's Fantastic Four, and John Byrne's Superman. For some reason or another, I've always put them off and just never got to them. You know, it's funny. Um, as much as I love Mark Waite, I've never read Mark Waite's Fantastic Four. Oh, really? Um, I know. Oh, shit. I know. Um, Scrap what we're doing next season. We're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that that that's a big blind spot for me. Oh, a lot shit, of you should. And, I, and I hate to say it, a lot of FF is. I love the Fantastic Four, but I've never been like really committed to their runs. That's fair. Um, with some exceptions, for sure. But um, ah, uh, book I've Sandman? always wanted to get around to. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I, I started time. it because of the show, but like then I also stopped because I lost interest in the comic. I think the show is a better version. I mean, to be honest, I just don't care. That's kind of how this book club got started. Because I never read Invincible. Yeah. The show came out right. and I wanted to read it with Jacob and Malcolm. Right. And right. So that was like the biggest blind spot, I think, for me. And then Ultimate Spider Man, because I'd never read yeah. that either. Um, so we've been hitting a lot of stuff for um, that. Runs that I. Uh... I've always wanted to read like all of the first like Silver Surfer run. I've never really done that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I oh, that. I mean Dan Slott Silver Surfer. I, oh shit! I, you I, haven't I've, read that. I've got the big omnibus. Oh, I got, I got the god damn it! I'm really excited. What? It actually makes me mad that you haven't read that. Why? That actually, that actually makes me mad. Why? Because you like Doctor Who, you fuck. I love fucking Doctor Who. Yeah, that's, that's that all that book just is. Who, it's just I'm Doctor about. Who. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm <laughs> it gonna read it next year. You haven't read it. I'm gonna read it next year. I'm gonna read it next year. God. I've got the reprint of the omnibus. I was waiting for that reprint to come out. Gorge. Um so that that's those are our blonde our blind spots. Uh, Abdullah's second question is, if you've ever thought about reading through Jonathan Hickman's Marvel work on the book club, would you pick something specific like his Fantastic Four run or his Avengers run? Or would you start from the beginning of his work at Marvel with Secret Warriors and work your way through his FF, Shield, Ultimates, and Avengers until you hit Secret Wars? That's an interesting question. Great question. Great question, Abdullah. Uh, lastly, you guys had talked a few months ago about possibly reading through Hickman's Ultimate Spider-Man as it came out. I'd definitely be on board for that, whether you did it issue by issue or if you went through each arc as they finish. Take care, Abdullah. Interesting. I appreciate you uh, letting us know about that. Very interesting. Thanks for letting us know your, your thoughts on that. Very interesting. Um, and that's going to do it for the for the uh, the mailbag. Wait, hold on a second. I don't know how in my apartment here a bottle just washed up on my carpet a bottle there's a message inside a message in a bottle okay popping this off okay i hope it's not someone sending out an sos because what if it didn't get to your house i know that would have been wild really Um, okay i'm gonna go ahead and read it my dearest compatriots Words cannot describe the yearning pain I feel when I hear your youthful voices when I tune in to hear you both. My adventure has led me away from the island to a monk monastery where I learned I was off balance the whole time. I then met an old friend and they offered me a ride back home in their blue box. I time traveled to 1940s Japan and witnessed a monstrous disaster, then to the American Revolutionary War to witness freedom, and finally to Victorian England to learn a hard lesson on how we're how we need each other on Christmas. I made it back to Arizona, nevertheless. I'm indeed well and working hard to be better in the coming new year. As I reflect on this past year, I notice the large amount of ends, anniversaries, and new beginnings. 
We saw the end of Grant Gustin being the Flash after almost a decade as that amazing character, and Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, retiring the character, as well as I think the idea of the old adventure serial genre. We saw a new Godzilla reincarnated in time for the 70th anniversary, proving once again that Japan knows how to keep this creature alive, as well as historical anniversaries like the Boston Tea Party happening 250 years ago, as well as the book A Christmas Carol turning 180 years old. We saw three Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials with a fourth on the way. Though it feels like an end to the revival series, it's great to see it continue into a new era on Disney+. Plus. We also saw the end of Jonathan Major's career. Uh, <laughs> out of pocket, but he's right. I, I gotta laugh, because if I don't, I'll cry. <laughs> My question to you all is this. What anniversary that is not a personal relationship that you both are looking forward to coming up? Happy holidays, new year, and warmest regards, Santa. I mean, Jacob. Oh no, Jacob. I accidentally said my name instead of yours. Wait, is the mic still on? How do I, don't I press the... Wait, you don't think that was from... It had to be. Famous Gaslight actor Jacob Brown is the only one who writes this way. Oh my god! He's alive! He survived the Brown's Gambit! <laughs> Fucking, you can't call it that. You can't call it that. <laughs> I actually can call it that. How dare you say I can't. Okay, you can't call it that. I can't call it that. Um, fuck. Jacob's alive and he's back in Arizona, I guess. He's back in Arizona. Oh my God. You'll have to go track him down. I'll have to text him. I should text him. Also, also, I've heard weird rumblings of a new nightclub opening up in in Tucson. Do you think he has any any connection? You think he has any connection to that? (laughs) Let's we'll go check I, that out. Let me know how it is. Yeah, I'll check it out. I heard um, that they hire their DJs based off of who plays the most popular song at the moment. <laughs> Remember when Austin Butler is on Arrow oh and God. he had to audition in order to be the DJ and he plays some popular song from literally like that week and yeah. they're like, yeah, he's That's the one the who's one. got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he turned out to be a secret assassin for the League of Assassins. Incredible. So Incredible. stupid. That guy, that guy's gonna get nominated for an Oscar. Really? Really? <laughs> Chase the DJ? Fuck <laughs> off. Get out of here. Chase the DJ worked really hard on that voice. Oh my okay. god. I can't wait for Doom Part 2 when he doesn't have that fucking voice. <laughs> he doesn't have that voice. Thank God. Um, Denny will move. Thank God. <laughs> but I am I'm fucking glad to hear from Malcolm. Or uh, I'm, no. I'm glad to I'm glad to hear from Jacob. <laughs> also, I fucking love how the end of end of his message writes sent from my iPhone. <laughs> 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 a modern message in a bottle. Oh shit, that's so funny! <laughs> I can't believe he just sent an iPhone in a bottle. That's crazy. An iPhone message. How did he get bottle. it in there? It was a printout. It was a printout. <laughs> But I am glad to know that Jacob is okay. And I guess now is the time to say Jacob will return. Whoa. I know. We weren't sure. Whoa. But he will. Um, We're in the credits everyone of the Marvel wrote movie now. I know. Bah, 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 bah. I really I appreciate everyone who always writes in. 
it really makes our day just to read through these. We can't always read all the way through all of them, so that's why I wanted to do that for our big finale. Um, but we really do appreciate it. Keep writing in geeksplained at gmail.com. Um, but that wraps up this volume, this season, this year. Yeah. And I guess we should talk about what we're doing next, huh? Hit him with it. Let's do it. So, going into next year is going to be a little wonky. Um, I hope you've got a pen and paper so you write this all down. Uh, If you are not aware, we've talked about it before, um, my wedding is in February. Whoa! I know, I'm getting married. I'm getting married. I'm getting hit. Whoa! Um, So, in February, um, we will be having our wedding, which means uh, no episodes in February. We're going to be taking that month off um, to reflect, to enjoy company, and to do the dang thing. Mm-hmm. But that leaves a month between then and now. The month of January is really exciting for us because, as one of you somehow correctly predicted, um, Ultimate Spider-Man, the Hickman and Chichetto joint, is dropping in January. And we're all really excited, both me, Malcolm, and Jacob. But the funny thing is, Jacob has not read Ultimate Invasion. Has not read Ultimate Universe. So what we are going to do is for the month of January, we are dedicating it to the Ultimate, the new Ultimate Universe. Um, Ultimate Janvasion. No, I already did that this year um (laughs) uh no i'm really excited so things are going to break down like this it's going to be a lighter kind of intermission uh before we get into season five but we like talking we like talking with y'all so we are going to be spending each week dedicated to the new ultimate universe so this is how the uh schedule is going to shake out The first week of January, that's January 5th, and I'll be dropping this on Twitter and everything and Instagram, so keep your eyes peeled for that as well. Um, January 5th, we are going to be first book club of the year. We're going to be uh, dropping or discussing issues one and two of Ultimate Invasion. The next week on January 12th, we'll be discussing issues three and four, closing out that story. On the 19th, January 19th, we're going to be dedicating it in its entirety to Ultimate Universe number one. And then on January 26th, we are diving headfirst into Ultimate Spider-Man number one. We are dedicating the entire month of January to that buildup. Again, we're not diving into season five just yet, but... We wanted to continue on, and we're and we're really excited to talk about this stuff again. Jacob hasn't caught up, and we know how much uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man run meant to all three of us. So, um, yeah, that's going to be our January slate. February will be our month off, and we're going to hit the ground running with season five in March. I am very excited. More info to come about season five, but. For now, we're going to be taking next week off to let everyone celebrate the holidays, to reflect, to rest, and then we will be hitting the ground running January 5th for our ultimate Janvasion. 
January Vasion. January to Hell of a time. It's going to be a great time. I'm very excited. It, it's going to be like our version of the Doctor Who Christmas specials, where we're yeah. doing, or the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials. So shortened, more condensed episodes where we're going to be diving further into these single issues than we normally do, which is hilarious coming from us. We're going to play catch. What? We're going to play catch. In the last episode, for In the, the last episode, we'll play catch. Peter Parker and his potential family. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're really excited. Uh, hope you join us for that. Until then, it has been a hell of a year. I've loved spending it with each and every one of you, alongside Malcolm, alongside Jacob, and I cannot wait to continue on into 2024. But for now, for the Geek Explained Book Club. For season four, Brave and the Bold for 2023. I've been Eric Azana. I'm just Malcolm, and that's enough. It truly is. And, and I'm for... great at doing stuff. You fucking are. You are so fucking good at doing things. Oh, hey, thanks, man. You're welcome. And for the incomparable, world famous gaslight actor, Jacob Brown, thank you so much for listening. Everyone stay safe, and we will. See you next time. But make it Christmas.
One of my favorite, one of my favorite questions in the mailbag that I've heard so far was like, what is your favorite bit on the show? And I immediately thought of what Eric actually finally did in my, which is the, like the now, not the now of. You have no idea how difficult it's been for me to hold back from doing that. Because Because there are so many times in this fucking Green Arrow run where they go, then. Uh, (laughs) He's been really good about it. That's why I've been sitting here with a knife every time I record. Just in case I have to stab my brain. It makes me happy. (laughs) It makes me happy uh, every time because I never know when you're going to do it. And I'm like, I'm glad that you pick and choose the moments for it. It's like, I know you'd will. Um, I know how you special. feel, Malcolm. It's how I feel every time you and Malcolm, I uh, know you and Eric get into a uh, Fast and Furious rant, and I'm just like <laughs> white noise after a certain mo- after a while. <laughs> you just, uh, just Ben just... Affleck press tour meme. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, darkness, here, my friend. <laughs> I've come to witness you again. For some reason, I don't care about this franchise. You should, because <laughs> it's good. It's incredible. I don't know. Well, man, we'll see. You got me into the impossible missions here, so I was like, "Yeah, it's baby." I was like, "Well, maybe I should oh, try." Yeah. And the only people that are more insane than yeah. Ethan Hunt is Dominic Toretto and his merry band. <laughs> this is the family. <laughs>